Hello, I'm Fiona Ritchie. My mother moved in with me a few years ago as she needed a little help to remain independent because she was losing her eyesight. My observational musings are the reason I remain sane. This is my weekly diary, so you know what shenanigans we've been getting up to. Every so often, mum needs to have her knee drained. Fluids build up, and although painful to execute, it's done in a matter of minutes. Mum had been moaning and complaining for a couple of weeks, but because this was her normal behaviour, I hadn't picked up on the fact she wanted me to make an appointment with a GP. Her usual doctor had selfishly decided to go on holiday, but apparently the locum was very experienced in the knee draining department, so all was good. Dr Groves was standing in an open doorway asking for Mrs Ritchie as we entered the building. This seemed like a promising start. Once in the clinic, Mum showed him both legs so he could clearly see the swelling above her right knee. He explained he'd done hundreds of these procedures and suggested Mum popped over to the couch to get comfortable. I'm sorry? Popped? It took her three upsidaisies to get her to her feet and five minutes to negotiate the eight foot of floor. At one end of the couch was a pillow. Mum felt up and down, turned round, hoiked herself up and sat on the pillow. Seeing this, the doctor asked to move further down as he was going to put the back of the couch up where the pillow was so she could be more comfortable. She shuffled forward a couple of inches. And again, Mum, I encouraged. She harumphed and moved a fraction further. You need to move further down the couch, Mrs Ritchie. I am moving further down the couch. What does it look like I'm doing? I opened my newspaper and tried to ignore the kerfuffle just a few short feet away. I'm just putting the back up so you can lean back, Mrs Ritchie. Mum shot him a look. In fact, it was such a searing look, the doctor actually took a step back. It actually really hurt. I could tell Mum was in genuine pain, and the worst part was he couldn't get any of the fluid, so after five minutes of trying, he reluctantly conceded defeat. He did apologise for causing pain with no results, so to make him feel really guilty, Mum limped out of the room, clutching the door as she left. Sarah Bernhardt had nothing on Mum's performance. Incidentally, the doctor prescribed some pills that he thought might help her, and to his surprise, Mum asked if she was going to die. He seemed to think she would probably die at some point, but not likely in the next 10 minutes. I cursed my luck. She then went on to ask if there were any side effects, and would they be drastic, like growing a second head? Dr. Gross looked slightly alarmed at this question as well, and stupidly looking at me, hoping it was some sort of joke. I simply explained that two blind ratty heads would mean I'd have to double the powdered glass in her meals. I dread to think what he wrote in his notes. So Claire and Sylvie, who's nearly three, asked if they could come and play. This is Judy's daughter and granddaughter, and they live fairly close by, so with no excuse to buy cake, off I went to the shops. I decided on a cream tea, so warmed the scones and brewed a large pot of tea. I had already laid the table with space for Sylvie, as Claire had bought food for her. She'd also bought some cakes, lemon drizzle slices and large fairy cakes adorned with three inches of cream and hundreds and thousands. I put a couple of each on the separate plates, and as Sylvie reached the table, all she shouted was, Cake! 
not just once, but several times, getting louder each time, just in case we were unaware of the cake situation. Now, should you ever wonder how far icing can spread, I can say quite definitively, a long, long way. Having eaten savoury things, Claire allowed Sylvie to have a fairy cake. Before indulging, she took a swig of water, but inadvertently overswigged and almost waterboarded herself, resulting in dripping hair, dress, hands and table. I've been drinking straight from the bottle since they arrived, so as too drunk to care, but little party fingers beside me were smearing bits of icing onto the glass tabletop, and now mixed with water, it went further than I ever thought possible. It smeared equally efficiently under and around the table too. Did you know that the colour in hundreds and thousands bleeds? Did you also know that once they dry, it is actually faster, cheaper and easier to replace the carpet where they landed rather than hoof and clean it up? Furthermore, fresh raspberries crush really well into white cotton chair covers. In fact, any soft furnishings. And why stop there? Are you aware of just how gluey Cheerios are, especially if you half suck them first and then deposit them on floors and walls? Claire obviously appreciated that they did because at one point she was actually lying flat on the sitting room floor, mumbling something incoherent. I just left her to it. But just in case something did go horribly wrong, I drew a white chalk line around her. One thing that did amuse me was Claire insisted that Sylvie wore a clip to keep her wavy locks free from her face. She produced this enormous bow, the size of a barn owl. So just imagine having that splattered across Sylvie's head, but in a lovely shade of royal blue. I reckon if the wind got behind it, she'd be halfway across the channel before the day was out. They ended up staying about three hours, but honestly, it felt much, much longer. So anyway, I forgot to mention while I was out shopping, I saw a man with a sandwich board on that said the words, Repent your sins, the end of the world is nigh, I thought. That's a bad sign.